You are listening to Dr. P's Daily Time Machine. Episode 37, Dead Men Prowl, The Finale. Hello and welcome back to the Time Machine. Today is the last day in the finale of Adventures by Morse, Dead Men Prowl. We will travel back 77 years to feature the last two parts of this 10-part story, featuring episodes 9 and 10. So sit back, relax, and let's join Captain Bart Friday and Dr. Croft as the horror finally ceases in the small island town. Let's travel back now. In the tiny coast village of Holman, death stalked everywhere with grinning lipless gums and outstretched claws. Dr. Jamie Croft had prevailed upon Captain Friday to permit him to spend a weekend at the captain's summer cottage in Holman. They had no more than arrived on the scene when the heavy hand of death struck three times. Three deaths in the little seaside resort where death had been unknown for 20 years. Doc Sims had been found on the beach dead, apparently of natural causes. His rival for control of the village, Andrew Walters, was found hanged in his home. The village halfwit, young Rich Hartley, was found with a bullet through his heart. Even in death, these three have apparently become the most active citizens in Holman. They have been handcuffed, tied, and locked in the village morgue, but to no avail. Captain Friday has been appointed village constable by the people of Holman. Yes, I've been made constable, all right. But the three dead men still prowl the streets of the town. There's some angles to the case that just don't seem to add up. Carmel and Andres Ruiz, cousins, came here to visit their uncle, Andrew Walters. A few hours after they talked with him, he was found hanged. Gail and Martin Stanley came to Holman to investigate the death of their uncle, Doc Sims. There's a funny thing about that. They were notified of his death before he died. About the only thing I've uncovered so far is that Andy Walters was masquerading under an assumed name. He and Doc Sims are, or were, brothers. The two rich men of Holman were feuding. Now they're both dead. It wouldn't be so bad if I could keep track of their bodies. I've tried everything. A few hours ago, I locked all three in the refrigeration room of the morgue. Seems to me a frozen corpse should stay put, but even that didn't hold them. Captain Friday had very definitely locked the three prowling dead in the refrigeration room of the morgue. Several hours later, Dr. Croft heard a woman screaming in the night. So, leaving the doctor and Martin Stanley with the two girls in his cottage, the captain set out with Andres to discover the trouble. Nothing was uncovered in the heavy black fog until suddenly there came a terrific explosion from the morgue. Quickly, the two men dashed to the death house to discover that the door to the refrigeration room had been burst or blown open from the inside. Furthermore, the bodies of the three prowling dead were found outside the refrigeration room in positions indicating that they had made an attempt to escape, but had become suddenly inactive. Andre suddenly came upon a cord under the dead hand of Doc Sims, which ran along the floor to a far wall. He picked it up and jerked. There was a deafening explosion, and the whole wall rose up and toppled in upon them. Where are you? Are you hurt? Oh, oh, Captain Friday. What's the matter, fella? Oh, we... We are not dead then, senor? (laughs) I'll say we're not. Came mighty near joining the prowling dead, though. 
Speaking of our dead, I guess they've done their last prowling. Buried underneath all that rock and cement. Look here, Andres, how are you feeling? Well, now I have got that big stone off my leg, I am all right. Nothing broken, huh? Well, if there is, I do not feel it. But, senor, how will we get out of this place? We are in the cellar, and all the morgue has tumbled down on top of us. Yeah, I know. Just the same, there's a lot of fresh air coming in down here. We'll just have to scramble around and see if we can't find a hole to crawl out of. But are we not liable to bring more rock down on top of us? I guess we'll have to take that chance. Oh, I do not like this business. We'll go slow and feel our way. If we're careful, perhaps we won't dislodge anything. Well, I will follow close behind you, senor. Uh, here. Here's what I've been looking for. Right over my head. Hole big enough to get my body through. Come on, Andres. Give me a boost. Well, is the edges solid? Yeah, part of the foundation. Ready? All right. Let me put my foot in your hand. All right. Now then, I am ready. Okay. Yeah. Up we go. Uh. That's good. That's good. I'm all set. Now then, I'll reach down and give you a hand. Oh, oh please, I will pull you back down in this hole with me. No, you won't. I can brace myself. Well, very well, if you think so. Now then, here's my hand. Well, I cannot find it in the dark. Just swing your arms around. Hmm? Oh, there, there, I find it. Okay, now... Now then, up you come. Grab something, Andres, I'm slipping. I have it, I have it. Ready to go on? See, oh, this is most terrible. All the time I think we start new landslide down on us. All right, come on now. Be careful. Oh, I feel the fog. We must be very near out, eh? Uh, yeah. There's a broken wall alongside of us. Is there a roof over us? Oh, I can't reach the top of the wall to tell. Here, give me another boost up the side of the wall. Very well. Let me step in your hand. No, no, no. no put your back against the wall. Hmm? Like this? Uh-huh. Now then, link your hands together. And don't boost me too fast. You'll throw me over backwards. Well, I will try. Okay, let's go. Right. Up you go. Higher. No, higher. <laughs> I got my fingers uh, on the top. It, it is high as I can lift. Now, come on. Uh, come on. I can help you a little. If I have this strength. Yeah, it's swell. I'm up. Well, we'll get over this and we'll be out of it, I think. Oh, but how am I going to get over? Well, that's easy. I let my legs down. You grab a hold and climb right up. Oh, but that will pull you down. No, you won't. Come on. Well, if you wish. Hurry up! Oh. Hurry up, I can't hold you all day. I climb as fast as I can. Grab hold of the top. Pull yourself up. You got it? See. Oh. Uh. Oh, senor, I never do this before. Okay. Now to get down the other side. Uh. Well, if it is bad as going up, I think I will stay right here. Come on. You hang yourself over the outside of the wall like I did. I'll slide down your legs to the ground. Then I'll help you down. Well, if we only had a rope. Well, we haven't, so come on. Ready? Oh, these sharp edges of wall cut me. Well, it'll only be for a minute. Here I go. All right. Oh, oh, Captain, look out, I'm slipping. Hang on, Andres, hang on. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that was a swell thing to do. But, but, Captain, I could not help it. Well, we made it anyway. You hurt? I skin my stomach, I think. Uh, do it good. Anywhere we're outside. Come on. We go somewhere else? Back to the cottage as fast as our legs will carry us. Oh, oh this is good. 
But Captain Pride, who would blow up a morgue? Whoever it is that'd like to get rid of us. Proceed, but who is it? A funny thing. This is the first direct attempt to get rid of me. Before the attempts have only been made on you four. Well, maybe it was a mistake that you were caught in this trap. Uh, I got a hunch it wasn't a mistake at all. Now, here's the path across the lot. See. Is it not strange there is nobody around? You know, if I hear a big explosion like that, I would go see what it was. Not Holman, citizens. They're not much on going out on foggy nights for any reason. They'll wait until it gets light. Well, but the people at your cottage, my cousin Carmel and the Stanleys. Yeah, and Dr. Croft. Well, that is kind of funny. Still, the cottage is right on the ocean. Might have drowned out the sound of the explosion. Oh, I had not think of that. Hold it, Andres. Hmm? What is it? Listen. Funny. I thought I heard a motorboat. I hear nothing, senor. And neither do I now. I must have been mistaken, and yet I... Oh, well, here we are. Got plenty of lights on in the cottage. Hmm. Maybe the doctor think it's safer with the lights on. Just shut the door after you come in, Andres. See? I... Captain! The doctor! Look, the doctor! Hey, what in thunder's been going on here? Dr. Croft, he is bound and gagged. Yeah, stand out of the way, Andres, will you? While I cut him loose. Well, his <laughs> eyes are open. He's not dead. No, no, of course not. Wait till I get this gag out. There you are, Doctor. Now, what happened? <laughs> Captain. Captain, quick. Go off to Martin Stanley and his sister. <clears throat> Motor launch. Trying to escape. What's that? In heaven's name, hurry. I'm all right. Andres, quick. We got business outside. Senor, senor, what is it this time? Stanley's gotten hold of a launch somewhere. I knew I heard a motorboat. But where is he go? And don't ask so many questions. Run faster. But where, senor, where? Down to the wharf, of course. Here, down this way. Got a revolver? No, senor, I do not shoot very good. Yeah, well, young Stanley has. You think he will shoot? Oh, but senor, his sister would not let him shoot us. Oh, yeah. Name of pig, you do not need Here, this. Here, here's the wharf. But I do not hear any motorboats, senor. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want to run off the end of the wharf into the ocean? Oh, oh, I, I could not see where the wharf ended in this dark. Well, the launch is gone, all right. But why would they take the motorboat? Oh, how do I know? Come on, we haven't got any time to waste. But if this is wharf, Watch why... where you're going, don't fall in. All the time, we run, run, run. Never do we get any place. Well, go on back to the cottage, if you'd rather. No, 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 senor, I stay by you. But my breath, it's not very good. Now we gotta make speed. See that old shed down the beach on the water's edge? See? That's the swellest little police motorboat launch you ever saw in there. Careful now. But you have said there is not launch here. Yeah, I don't tell everything I know. Here now, through this little doorway. Stoop down or you'll bump your head. See? I am all right. Uh, now you stand still till I get her lights turned on. If I can help. Stand still or you'll break your neck. There. Oh, it is beautiful, Bull. Now see that chain hanging by the outer wall? See, si, senor? Go over there and haul away. It lifts the outer door. Very glad to do anything to help. I'll get the motor started. We'll be off in a jiffy. Oh, it is coming, senor. Yeah? What did you expect? That's high enough, Andres. Come on and get in. See, si, senor? Oh, but it made big noise. All in? See? Si. Here we go, then. But this is big ocean. 
Where is it we will look for this other boat? Oh, that's easy. Neither Stanley nor his sister knows the Bay region. They're bound to head straight for San Francisco. They came over to Holman by boat and have a general idea of the direction of the city. Otherwise, they'll be lost, especially in this fog. But perhaps we will not be able to catch up with them. Well, this little craft can run circles around anything Stanley be able to lay his hands on. Oh, well, I do not know very much about boats. Well, you just hang on and I'll do the work. But I do not understand any of these business. Why should these two wish to escape from Horman? I can think of plenty of reasons. You... Could you please tell me one, maybe? Yeah. Bad consciences. You... You mean Miss Stanley have bad conscience? Why not? She wouldn't be the first female with one. Oh, no. No, senor, you are mistaken. Yeah, well, maybe you know. I never could get the straight of how a woman's conscience works. Sometimes it does, and most of the time it doesn't. But, senor, this girl Stanley, she's very nice, senorita, it seems to me. I... The captain, our engine is stopped. Be quiet, I cut it off. But why you do this? Shut up and listen, will you? Huh? Oh, oh, see. You wish to hear other motorboat, maybe, eh? Don't hear anything. I heard whistle a big ship. No, you didn't. That was just a foghorn. Oh, I did not know. I... Senor! Senor Captain! Now what? Senor, what had become of Carmel? She was also in your cottage. Huh? What did they do with Carmel? If they tie up Dr. Croft, what did they do with my little cousin? Oh, probably left her asleep in her room. Oh, no, no, I do not think so. Well, we can't worry about everything at once. We'll catch this pair of runaways and but then... suppose they have harmed Carmel? Suppose they have done terrible things to her? Suppose... Cutting out, Andres. But, senor... I cut it out, I say. Just letting your imagination run away with you. Oh, if they have so much as lay hands on Carmel, I will kill this pig, Stanley. Andres, get a hold of yourself. I do not care if Stanley is my own cousin. I will kill him. Dr. Jamie Croft, the weekend guest of Captain Friday, was found bound and gagged and tossed on a lounge in the captain's cottage. They ripped the gag from his mouth and Dr. Croft gasped out the information that Gail and Martin Stanley were trying to escape from Holman by motor launch. In their haste to recapture the Stanleys, neither Captain Friday nor Andres Ruiz thought of Carmel, alone in the cottage. Was she bound and gagged also, or has she met up with the prowling dead? While Captain Friday and Andres Ruiz search San Francisco Bay in the police launch, Andres threatens to hold Martin Stanley responsible for his cousin Carmel. I tell you, Captain Friday, I will kill this Stanley if anything has happened to Carmel. Take it easy, Andres. Wait till we find Stanley. Oh, please, could you not make this boat go faster? The quicker I get my hands on this... Pipe thing... down, Andres. I'm going to turn off the motor again. See, and I will listen with every bit of me. I do not hear anything. Shh, be quiet. Hey, did you hear it? Yeah, over in that direction. Take call for help. Recognize the voices? Si, senor, it is them. You're darn tootin', it's them. Crawl up front, Andres, and hang your ears out. Can't hear much back here at the wheel. Si, senor. I will do good job, too. Yeah, it can't be more than 50 yards from us. Blast this fog. Senor. Senor, a little to the right. I hear them. Right, huh? How's that? Si. Not so fast, senor. Okay. Somebody help! 
There. There, do you hear them? Yeah. You see anything? Not yet, senor. Well, see, see, there they are. They are drifting in boats. Drifting where? Oh, I see them. I'm going to kill the motor and glide up alongside, Andres. Please save us. We're drifting out to sea. No, our motor's dead. We'll pay if you'll tow us in. Well, now, isn't that generous? Grab hold as we drift alongside, Andres. Si, senor. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. We thought we were lost. All right, Miss Stanley. Give me your hand. But it's Captain Friday. Say, how'd you get out here? Do as I tell you, Miss Stanley. Get into this boat. Uh, yes, sir. Easy. Easy. There, now. Sit down. Okay. Now you, Stanley. I can get along without you. Give me your hand. All right. Hey, what are you doing? I want that gun you're carrying. I haven't got a gun. No? What's this in your hip pocket, then? Nothing. You won't need it anymore. Hey, what'd you throw it in the ocean for? Just so it wouldn't go off and hurt somebody. Now sit down. Well, that's what I call... Sit down. We had a right to leave home. Be quiet, Stanley. Andres, can you reach the launch's line? Si, senor, I have it. I'll carry it to the back end of our craft and give it a turn around one of those hooks. We'll tow it back to Holman. Oh, do we have to go back there? That's right, Miss Stanley. Who did you steal this boat from? Oh, please. I, I never did a thing like this before in all my life. Ready, Andres? Si, senor. You admit stealing the boat, huh? We don't admit anything. Oh, Martin, please. Let's not try to carry this thing out. Let's tell Captain Friday how it happened. What good would that do? You tell me, Senor Stanley, what you have done with my cousin Carmel. What's eating you, Ruiz? You tell me what you do with Carmel or I will kill you. What are you talking about, Andre? Carmel. It is Carmel who I talk about. What have you done with her? Well, we left her asleep at the cottage. You... You did not touch my cousin? Well, of course not. Why? Is she gone? I do not know. What I say to myself, if Annie has harmed my cousin, I will kill him like a dog. You better find out what it's all about before you start getting homicidal. Well, you are a very bad fellow to my cousin, Senor Stanley. Oh, go take a jump in the ocean. Please, Andres, Martin's upset. You just don't understand it. Well, this I do not wish to do, I can tell you plain. Come on, Miss Stanley, what's it all about? It's pretty plain that you did steal this boat. Yes. Yes, we stole it. Sissy, you crazy? Well, Martin, I think it's right to tell the truth. I I'm going to tell. Leave it to a girl. Well, we had no intention of running away and until Dr. Croft told us there was a boat tied down at the dock. Yeah? How did he know? Well, after he'd gotten Carmel asleep, he went out to get some fresh air. When he came back, he just remarked that there was a boat tied up at the dock and... Yes, then well, what? Well, that gave us the idea of trying to get back to the city. Wasn't Gail's idea at all. It was all my doing. Oh, please, Martin. Well, it was my idea. I suggested it, and I kept after her until she agreed to go with me. But I didn't have to go. And she didn't know anything about me hitting Dr. Croft over the head and binding and gagging him either. Martin Stanley, you didn't do that. Yes, I did. I did it while you were in the bedroom getting your things together. Oh. Yes, but what I want to know is what you think you'd have accomplished if you had escaped. The police in the city have picked you up in a minute. Oh, but we weren't trying to run away from the police. Uh, oh, no? Really, we weren't. All we wanted to do was get away from that awful place with all those dead bodies. Well, you're going back. Yes, I know. I'm sorry we attempted it now. Well, I'm not. I only wish that engine hadn't conked out. Say, where'd you get this boat, anyway? Uh -huh. Just a little ace in the hole, Stanley. Uh, you detectives make me sick. Yeah, you'll probably be a lot sicker of them before they're through with you. They can't do anything to me. I haven't done a thing. Uh, we'll know more about that when we get back to the cottage. And that won't be very long now. There's the wharf right up ahead. 
Andres. Si, senor. Here, take these handcuffs. But, senor... Take what? them and handcuff the two together. Oh, oh, no, please. Senor, never. I will not put handcuffs on Miss Stanley. Oh, yeah? And suppose you handcuff yourself with Stanley there. I'm not taking any chances of losing him in this fog. Oh, but please, Martin won't run away. Will you, Martin? Do what I tell you, Andres. Either handcuff Stanley with his sister or to yourself. Well, to his sister, I could not do it all. To me, if you wish, yes. That's okay with me. Here, Stanley, hold out your left arm. Sure. With my fist on the end. Oh, Martin, why did you do that? You pig of a pig! I will show you how good Spanish fellow can fight oh, now! My, you dirty I'll break your neck for you! There! And I guess I will show you I'm not so bad a fighter, eh? Well, well, for gosh sakes, at least get off my stomach. You're breaking my back. Well, then, hold out your left arm for the handcuffs. There. There. <clears throat> That is good. <laughs> good boy, Andres. That sounded like a swell fight. Too bad it was dark. Got him all right, Andres? Si, senor capitán. Great. Well, here we are. Now, now, stop crying, Miss Stanley. Your brother had it coming. As soon as I pull up alongside, climb up that little ladder to the wharf. Oh, but it was all so unnecessary. Yeah, now, climb up. Here, you give me your hand, Miss Stanley. Now walk around after you get up. You're liable to fall in the ocean. <laughs> oh, but how are Stanley and I to climb up the ladder together? Now you go first, Andres. You can make it if you keep close enough together. Up you go. Oh, this is not kind of business I like. I'll just tie the launch to the dock here for the present. That'll hold her. She'll ride there till morning. You are coming, senor? Yeah, you bet. Andres, I'm going to make you deputy... Constable of Holden. No, 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 senor. I do not wish it. What? Turn on a job with a title like that? Well, I think this is most deplorable business. It'd make everybody feel bad. All right, come along. I'll take your arm, Miss Stanley. You might stumble in the dark. If you wish. You better take Stanley's arm, too, Andres. Keep you from stepping on each other in the dark. Leave my arm alone. See? I was only trying to be helpful. Oh, if you'd only understand, Captain Friday, that Martin and I really haven't done anything. I think you've done plenty. Well, you'll be plenty sorry for putting handcuffs on me, I can tell you that much. Ten to one, you were thinking about making a break for it as soon as we landed. Supposing I was... I mean... Martin, you weren't. No, of course I wasn't. One good thing about Holman. It doesn't take any time to get from one place to another. There's the cottage. Oh, please, I hope we find everything all right with Carmen. Oh, sure we will. Now, look... The doctor must have worked himself free. He's turned on more lights. Oh, I hope this is good sign. Well, it won't be long now before we know all about it. We've been saying that ever since we arrived, and we don't know anything about anything. You're some detective. Just enough of a detective to pick you up in the middle of San Francisco Bay, Stanley. Come on. Here we are. Andres, you and Stanley go in first. I'll follow with Miss Stanley. Hello. That you, Captain? Hmm. Got him, eh? Yep, we got him. I say, Stanley, whatever possessed you to tie me up? I wouldn't have stood in your way if I'd known you were determined to go. The heck you wouldn't. You threatened to lock me up if I made a move to leave the house. Perhaps so, but it never entered my head you'd be so savage about it. Dr. Croft, I, I'm terribly sorry that... that oh, oh, there, there now. I know the stress you young people have been under. Captain... Where's Carmel? What? Isn't she here? Carmel? Senor Doctor, is not Carmel with you? With me? Why? What? See here, Carmel's room is empty. Huh? 
I thought you'd taken her with you. Carmel, she's gone. Well, something had happened to Carmel. Shut up, Andres. See her, doctor. She wasn't here when you got loose. Why? Captain, I... Quick, I want to see her room. You haven't touched anything, have you? I haven't laid my hands on a thing, Captain. Oh, Carmel. Here now. You folks stand back. Keep out of the room until I've made an examination. Play back out into the hall. Stanley, if you have done anything with my cousin, you'd better tell me. Honestly, I haven't got your cousin, Andres. Gemini, I'm not that kind of a guy. Well, somebody has. All right. Hi, doctor. Come here. What is it? What have you found? Uh, look at these tracks. Somebody tramped across the wet sand, climbed into the window, and came in here beside the sleeping girl's bed. Oh, no! Do you recognize those tracks, doctor? For heaven's sake, Captain, no. Do you? Yes. Those are the same tracks made by Andrew Walters the night he buried Miss Stanley in the sand. Oh, no! No! My Carmel buried in the sand! Oh, no! No! If you like high adventure, come with me. If you like the stealth of intrigue, come with me. If you like blood and thunder, come with me. Two days ago, Captain Bart Friday and his friend and guest, Dr. Croft, arrived in the little resort village of Holman, across the bay from San Francisco. They had intended spending a quiet weekend at Captain Friday's summer cottage, but they had no sooner arrived in the village when things began to happen. On the beach, they stumbled on the dead body of old Doc Sims. They found Andrew Waters, the other wealthy man of the village, dead by hanging. Then they found the half-wit Hartley boy shot through the heart. The weird part of the whole thing is the fact that these three dead are apparently prowling the streets and houses of the town of Holman. That right, Captain Friday? Yes, that's right. I've tried everything. Handcuffed them, tied them down, even stuffed the three bodies in the refrigeration room at the morgue. But it didn't do any good. They're still prowling. The only thing I know for certain is that Doc Sims and Andrew Waters are brothers. Walters had been masquerading under an assumed name. The half-wit Hartley boy had been accidentally shot by Andres Ruiz. I've smoked out that much. Plus the fact that our other guests, Andres and Carmel Ruiz, and Gail and Martin Stanley, are related. But this latest development has just about got me stumped. Carmel Ruiz has disappeared. Yes, Carmel Ruiz has disappeared. The prowling dead have taken the little cousin of Andres. Death stalks in Holman. While Dr. Jamie Croft lay bound and gagged in Captain Friday's cottage, and while the captain and Andres were racing along the coast of the Pacific to bring back the runaway Martin and Gail Stanley, brother and sister, one of the prowling dead had somehow escaped from the ruins of the morgue. He escaped from the ruins to stalk into the rear window of the cottage and kidnap the sleeping Carmel. And the dead thing who did this was the strangled body of our own uncle, Andrew Waters, the prowler who earlier had buried Gail Stanley alive in the sand. And the reason Captain Friday knew it was Waters was that the prowler had left damp footsteps on the bedroom floor and on the wet sand outside the window. And those footprints were Andrew Waters. And the thing with the swollen face, dead eyes, and a rope around its neck had Carmel Ruiz in his possession. 
Andres Ruiz, cousin of Carmel, is beside himself over the disappearance of Carmel. He is pacing the floor in Captain Friday's summer cottage. But I will go crazy. I will kill myself if anything has happened to my Carmel. If you do not find her, Senor Captain, I will go mad. Now, take it easy, Andres. Sit down, will you? You get on my nerves pacing up and down like that. But Captain Friday... Now look here, Andres, be reasonable. There's no use running around the country. We'd never find her that way. If you'll just hang on to yourself for a minute. You have idea? I might have if you'd be quiet for just two minutes. Oh, in two minutes I will be mad. I do not know what I do now. Oh, look here, Andres. I, I can't tell you how sorry I am. I haven't the faintest idea of what happened to Carmel. Well, you have shown very bad nature, Senor Stanley. I do not know what to believe about you. I don't blame you for saying that. It's true, and I know it, and I'm sorry. Well, for why have you done all these things? Say bad things. Try to run away. I don't know. I'm always pulling something I'm sorry for afterwards, but look here, Andres. If there's anything I can do to help save Carmel, I'll go the limit to do it. And he means it too, Andres. Yes, I think he does. Hey, look, everyone. I've got a hunch. I'm going out for three or four minutes, and you four stay here. Don't one of you dare move out of this room. Not out of the room? Not a move. Like company, Captain? No, not this time, Dr. Croft. I've got to travel fast. Anyway, I'd like you to stay here with the others. You'll all be safer. But what about your own safety, Captain? Now, don't worry. I'll be okay. Now, mind now. Don't even leave the room. Where do you suppose he's going? Oh, if he will only bring back Carmel. Oh, I hope he does. I feel we should be doing something. Oh, see, but Captain Friday said to wait here. It's all nonsense sitting around in one room when we might be out searching. You are nervous too, Senor Doctor. Oh, it is enough to make everybody crazy. But still, Captain Friday said he had an idea. Yes, but supposing it is wrong, Miss Stanley. You're right there, Andres. Theories are very dangerous things to work with. They're as apt to be wrong as right. And still, I have very great faith in this, Captain. Oh, yes, we must believe in him. We'd be lost if we didn't. Who else have we to turn to? Well, there's Dr. Croft here. I'm afraid I'm not much of a detective, Stanley. I tell you, it is not possible that my Uncle Andrew Walters took Carmel. It is not possible. He's dead. The dead have done a number of impossible things lately, I'm afraid, Andres. Oh, I know, but I see with my own eyes the walls of the morgue fall down on all three bodies. They are pinned under hundreds of tons of stone and mortar. That's a wonder you and the captain weren't killed. Well, we would have been if we had not seen the walls falling and running to the ice-cold room, which protected us a little from the falling stones. A remarkable escape, Andres. Oh, but what I am interested in is about these bodies. They are buried deep under the walls, and, and yet one of the dead men have carried off Carmel. Open the door. Somebody open the door, quick. Oh, it is the captain. I will open. I will open it. Carmel! Carmel, you found Carmel! Oh, get out of the way, Andres. Can't you see she's tied hand and foot? Is she hurt, Captain? Is she hurt? Oh, no. Here, let me put her on the lounge. Here is knife, senor. Cut her loose. Here, here. For the love of Mike, Andres, get out from underfoot. She is not hurt. Tell me she's not hurt. Oh, Carmel, please. You mustn't cry like that. You mustn't. Uh, there. Here, Andres. Take the knife and cut her legs free. See, si, see, si, senor. I will do anything. Oh, Carmel, but it is good you are safe. Poor kid. Get back, you folks. Don't crowd in so close around her. Here, Captain. Let me give her a couple of these tablets. She mustn't go on like that. Will they quiet her? I think they will. Here, child. Swallow these and then take a sip of water. Is there anything I can do, Dr. Croft? No, I think not. She's just highly wrought up. She'll grow quiet in a few minutes. Here, Andres. You sit here beside her. She was calling for you when I found her. She... She was calling for me. Oh, senor. She, she was calling for me. 
Oh, never again will I let you out of my sight. You know, Gaylord, that Andres isn't such a bad fellow either. I knew he was in love with Carmel the moment I first saw them together. But, Captain, where was Carmel? Where did you find her? Well, if you've examined this cottage closely, you'll notice that the backs of the closets have not been finished off. You can go through the back in among the floor studdings and rafters. Oh, yes. Yes, I noticed that. Well, my old aunt used to put junk that she didn't want to throw away back in them. I found Carmel stuffed back among the joists and studdings of her own closet. Oh, but no. what made you look there? Well, then you must have carried her through the back window and, and around to the front door. Yes, I did, all right. But what for? Did it to throw our would-be murderer off the trail. Off the trail? You, you mean he's around here? Maybe, maybe not. But why didn't we hear her crying? She was gagged. Captain, what made you think of looking in the house for her? Uh, it would have been too dangerous to take her out. He might have been spotted. Besides, the tracks he left when he went away showed he wasn't carrying anything. No, I remember it, Captain. That was the same clue you got when we were hunting Miss Stanley here, when she was buried in the sand. Well, you'd think even a dead body learned not to make the same mistake twice in a row. And so you figured out the body must be in the house. How did you happen to think of looking in the girl's own wardrobe? I figure he'd probably be working fast, not knowing how long I'd be gone. Besides, Dr. Croft, you were tied up in the other room. Might get free at any minute. Yes. Quite natural when you stop to think of it. And so, uh, from force of necessity, you figured he'd hide her in the handiest place. Mm -hmm. Force of necessity and craftiness. He'd hardly expect us to look so near the scene of the crime for her. Oh, uh, Andre seems to have Carmel quieted. Perhaps we can talk to her now. We'll have a try, anyhow. And Carmel, you're not going to cry anymore, eh? Oh, we're going to be very happy, you and I. Aren't you, Keith? Well, Carmel, you don't look like the same young lady I carried in a few minutes ago. Oh, but, senor, she understands now that she's going to be very happy for the rest of her life. Yeah? Uh, look here, Carmel, you feel like talking? Yes. Please, you will not bring back bad memories? I'm sorry, Andres, but we've got to get all the information we can. Please, Andres. I don't mind. If you'll sit beside me. Oh, nothing in the world could make me move. Okay. Now then, tell us what happened. Oh, I, I was asleep when, when something touched me. And, and I opened my eyes and... Oh, please, Cap. I'm all right, Andres. There was a horrible face looking down at me. Didn't look like it was alive. There was a rope around its neck. Oh, it is a monstrous thing. What did you do? When he saw I was awake, put his hand over my mouth. I tried to scream, but I couldn't. He held me so tight, I fought just as hard as I could. Oh, my poor Carmel. And, and one of his fingers slipped into my mouth. And I bit down on it just as hard as I could. You, you bit his finger, huh? Yes. And when he jerked it away... There was blood on his hand. Captain, a dead man doesn't bleed. No, he doesn't. Oh. Right. No. Yes, that's just what I was thinking. What then, Carmel? Well, he put a cloth around my face so I couldn't see or scream after he tied me up so I couldn't move. He carried me someplace. But if it is live, man, Captain, my uncle could not be alive and dead at the same time. Never heard of it being done before. But if there's a live man mixed up in this thing, we ought to get after him. Yes, but where would we look? I think that'll be easy. You mean, you know where he is? 
I have a hunch I can walk out that door into the hallway and march our friend Andrew Walters back in here in jig time. Oh, what do you say? You mean he's listening to us on the other side of the door? I have a hunch he's been listening, all right. Oh. Dr. Croft, you mind coming with me? Not at all. You armed? No, but... Never mind. I don't think we'll have much trouble. Now, you folks stay here. And I mean right where you are. I'll be back in two minutes with Andrew Walters, dead or alive. Captain Friday has promised the four young people, Andres and Carmel Ruiz and Galen Martin Stanley, that he would return in two minutes with Andrew Walters, the man who was found hanged in his home. The eyes of the four are fixed on the doorway as it opens slowly and cautiously. <gasps> That's him. That's Andrew Walters. Oh, he's the one that choked me. The rope around his neck. Oh, oh no. All right, go on in. I've got a gat in your back oh, and I won't hesitate Take him to away. It's all right. I have his hands cuffed together behind him. He can't hurt you. But who is it? Hey, don't you who... see? Don't you see? He's got on one of those rubber face masks. Oh, no. What is this? Captain Friday, where's Dr. Croft? Don't you know? What? Captain, it is Dr. Croft behind that mask, Doctor. Mm -hmm, sure. Have a look. Uh, Captain Friday, would you mind removing that rope from around my neck? It has an ugly feeling. Now, see here, Doctor, I'm giving you your choice. Do you tell him or do I? Why? We'll make a very pleasant story. I think I should like to tell it. All right, go ahead. My dear nieces and nephews. What's that? What did you say? For why do you call us nieces and nephews? Because it happens due to certain biologic and sociological phenomena to be true. Oh, cut that stuff out. Who are you, anyway? <laughs> How very like Doc Sims you are in temperament, boy. Nuts. As to who I am, do you recall the autobiography left by Andrew Walters, alias Vance Sims? Do you recall that there was a third brother, Franklin Sims, who was murdered in the Near East? I am Franklin Sims. Right, Captain? That's right. Get along with the story, Doctor. Oh, yeah, quite right. Uh, you see, uh, that night 20 years ago, we got news that our father was dying. The night Doc Sims took Vance out and got him thoroughly intoxicated and then hit me over the head and dumped me in a nasty-smelling river. Then Doc Sims, not Andrew Walters, was the murderer. Oh, no, there was no murderer. For I crawled out of the river and foul and smelly as I was from the thick river water, I continued to live. But, but if you are who you say you are, why didn't you come back to the United States at once and claim your part of the estate? Because, my dear... For almost three years, I was so horribly ill, I spent most of my time balancing on the brink between life and death. Later, I went to Germany, and I became a medical student. And still, you didn't try to get your share of the money? My life had become a thing apart from my family and my rightful estate. I intended never to return to America. And then, about 12 years ago, everything became changed again. I became interested in certain... Biological experimentations. I spent every cent I had saved, could earn and borrow, and still I needed more. And then I remembered the great fortune which had been taken from me in America. I determined to get it back by fair means or foul. It was mine, and I determined to have it. But, senor, it was not us who had hurt Wait a minute, you. Andres. I returned to San Francisco under the assumed name of Dr. Jamie Croft and set up office while I got the lay of the land. When I first arrived... My brother, Doc Sims, held the entire estate. It seemed an easy matter to put him out of their way. <laughs> Enter my claim. 
And then I discovered that he had a niece and a nephew to whom the property would go in the case of his death. That's you, Miss Stanley, and your brother Martin. And while I was trying to find some means of overcoming this difficulty, who should come on the scene but Andrew Walters? And without any fuss, he took over half the Sims estate. It took me three years to discover that he was my other brother, Vance. And then, by a bit of housebreaking and prowling, I discovered that he too had a niece and nephew whom he favoured in case of his death. They were you, Carmel, and you, Andres. Yes, go on. Well... In the meantime, I was working out a little scheme which worked rather nicely when the time came. About eight years ago, my brother, Doc Sims, died. Hey, what's that? Our uncle died eight years ago? Yes, all of eight years ago. When being on the ground at the time, I quietly buried the body and stepped into his shoes. Now, wait a minute, Doctor. I've known both you and Doc Sims for more than two years. Which says a great deal for my ability as an impersonator. Do you mean to say that you've been acting the part of two doctors for eight years? I have sufficient proof for even you, Captain Friday. But, but the body. We saw the body of Doc Sims. That, my dear, was also a plant. For the last year, I've been taking care of an old chap over in my San Francisco office. He was a nondescript without any family. But he looked remarkably like me in my role of Doc Sims. For six months, I practically made him live with narcotics and drugs, waiting for the proper time to inject him into the picture. And when Andrew Walters mellowed and sent for Andreas and Carmel to come and live with him, I knew the time was at hand. Yeah? Well, you'll have to explain that a little. Easily. My whole trouble lay in the four cousins who were to inherit the two estates. They must be gotten rid of. With all four in Holman... I believed that might be attended to. You were going to kill us all. And so when my brother Vance, or Andrew Walters, as you know him, called you two, I sent for Gail and Martin Stanley. What about this old fellow you passed off for Doc Sims? <laughs> now, Captain, I assure you I didn't kill him. The poor chap died a natural death. Dig his body out of the morgue ruins, show it to any coroner. Worn-out body will be the verdict. Hmm. Died mighty handy for you. Quite, but the point is he did die, and naturally. Uh, which, by the way, gave me the idea for the rest of this amusing little drama which has occurred since. And you admit that you are responsible for the movement of these bodies from the morgue? Naturally. And you admit burying Gail Stanley alive? My apology, Miss Stanley, but it was necessary to my plan. Oh, you, you must be mad. Oh, quite sane, thank you, quite sane. And, by the way, Captain... I had to rush like the deuce to get Andrew Walters' shoes back on him before you and Martin got to the morgue. But I made it all right. Yes, so I notice. And you're the guy that took a shot at me in Doc Sim's study and clubbed Captain Friday over the head. Again, my apologies. I always was a bad shot. You put us out and then took the papers out of the safe and stuck them in the pocket of your substitute, Doc Sims, and left his body where we'd find it. Exactly. Well, what for? To impress you all with the fact that dead bodies actually were on the prowl. And you leave Carmel's handkerchief in Dr. Sims' house. Why you do that? Oh, that was simply a little touch to implicate you, Andres, and to cause dissension between you and Stanley here. Nice fellow. And it was you who shot at me from the hall when we were upstairs examining Andrew Walter's room? <laughs> you know, Captain, I think that was my masterpiece. Uh, how did you do it? Why, I, I simply had the Hartley boy's body handy. When you, Carmel, and Andres were in the room, I crept upstairs. I got the body. 
I took a crack at Andres, I shouted, and I rolled down the stairs with a half-wit's body. Oh, sacrament. Startling bit of realism, eh, Captain? Dr. Croft, hmm. were, were you the one that got us to go to the refrigeration room of the morgue? I thought I had all of you that time. After knocking the captain out, I ran to the cottage and, changing my voice as much as possible, told you to go to the basement of the morgue. When you rushed in, I swung the door shut and... There you were. Please, when we liked you so much, how could you do that to us? Oh, let's not go into that, please. Well, then I set the three bodies on guard. Startling effect, eh, Captain? Mm. Then you came back and dragged me in the closet with you and locked the door. <laughs> And all the time, we were breaking down the door. I had the key in my pocket. Seems to me I'm the guy that told you once that the solution to this business, once I got my hands on it, would be so simple I'd blush to think I didn't get wise to it sooner. Well, get an eyeful of me blushing. Oh, see here, Captain, you're not giving me enough credit. I admit, however, I made a couple of mistakes. One of them was forgetting to turn off the light in the morgue. If I hadn't been in such a hurry that time, you'd never have thought of searching the morgue until it was too late. See here, Doctor. How did you fix it so that the halfway took a shot at me and then fell down the stairs? Simple. I braced the body against the handrail and hooked a gun in his coat. Fastened the trigger to the door with a piece of wire. Presto! When the door opened, the gun exploded and the body lunged down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Good thing for me you didn't allow for the up-jerk of the muzzle of the revolver when it went off. <laughs> I told you I didn't know much about guns, Captain. After all, I'm a medical man, not a gangster. But why did you kill the half-wit boy? Surely he didn't... Oh, uh, that I know nothing about. You didn't kill the boy? Please. Please, he did not. I... I did not know it until the senor captain told me, but... It was I who did this thing. Andres! Uh -huh. Andres, you didn't! Oh, please, Carmel, it was a most horrible mistake. It's like this. Remember the night you kids saw the skeleton on the beach and Andres shot at it? Well, the skeleton was the half-wit boy, and Andres killed him. His father had given him several rubber masks and some luminous paint for Halloween, and the foolish boy continued to use it to amuse himself. The boy's father knows all about this now. And uh, that, by the way, is where I got that mask you recently saw on my face. I found it lying outside the morgue. Dr. Croft, what was your idea in blowing up the morgue? Oh, Captain, you cannot imagine how uneasy a person grows having a bloodhound like yourself on his trail. I grew more and more certain that you were beginning to suspect the truth. So, I laid the trap and got you and Andres off on a pretext of hearing a woman scream. Well, I'm glad I knocked you over the head. Too bad I didn't do a better job of it. <laughs> I get your point exactly, Martin. The real sim spirit. Oh, I never want to hear that name again. You see, you made your big mistake, Doctor, when you kidnapped Carmel here. I was plain crazy. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right, Captain. But I was getting rather upset. Things were growing a little too warm. You'll have to excuse it on that basis, I'm afraid. You see, I'd stolen Andrew Walter's shoes again before I set the trap in the morgue. But I must confess, I entirely forgot to make deep tracks in the sand when I left. Ah! Juicy thoughtless of me. Yes. So was that stunt of hiding your mask and rope and shoes in your medicine case after you'd finished with them. Undoubtedly. Oh, I can see a number of things I'd do differently if I were going to do it over again. You know, one thing puzzles me, though. How did you get the body of this substitute Doc Sims on the beach? <laughs> Captain, I don't know if you realize it, but I angled like the juice to get you to bring me over to Homan on this particular weekend. 
Yeah, now that I think of it, you were plenty eager to come. Well, I got the invitation. The day we were to come over, I took the body in my launch and I brought it over. The natives seldom walk on the beach, so I felt perfectly safe in leaving it there for a few hours. I got back to San Francisco just in time to meet you. Then we came over together. I presume you know we've got enough attempted murder charges against you to keep you behind bars for life. But you're not going to use them, are you, Captain? You think not? Drag these children through the mire of prosecuting their own uncle? Bring all this family history to life? Oh, no. We don't want to do that. I I couldn't bear it. Exactly. That's just too bad. Now, look, Captain Friday, haven't we gone through enough? Are you folks crazy? I think the police department would like to have a little talk with Dr. Croft. As a matter of fact... Come in. Hey, for crying out loud, Cappy, I've been... Oh, excuse me. I didn't know you had company. Oh, that's all right, Skip. These people are all friends. Yeah? Well, you sure got some nice friends, boss. Hmm. Now, this is Gail Stanley. Miss Stanley, my right-hand man, Skip Turner. Hello, Skip. Howdy, Miss Stanley. And uh, Miss Carmel Ruiz. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Turner? Miss Ruiz. Well, now, ain't that funny? You know, I think I remember meeting you before, Miss Ruiz. Um, uh, Carmel? Wasn't it down Skip. at, uh... Huh? Did you come all the way from San Francisco just to meet my guests? Huh? Oh, hey, I almost forgot. We got an important job down south. Down south? Where down south? Hollywood. Here, here's a telegram. Who's it from? Don't say. Go ahead and read it. Hmm. Meet me at Maggie's Intimate Drinking Salon... Sunset Strip, Hollywood, tonight at 8. Signed, A Desperate Sister. And what is this, a gag? Gag? I just got a phone call from the same gal, and she wired us $1,000 expense money. Why did she phone? I'm just be sure it would be there at 8 o'clock tonight. Hey, look, we just got time to catch a 5 p.m. plane south. That's why I hustled over here. I got the tickets. She must be desperate. Come on, we ain't got no time to lose, boss. Okay, Skip, we'll look into it. Oh, by the way, you got your handcuffs? Why, sure, why? Yeah, just slip them on Dr. Croft here. We'll drop them off at the Hall of Justice. You bet you. Here you are, fella. And the other one. There you go. Nice little charm bracelet. Well, see here, Captain Friday, I can afford Save to... Save it for the judge, Dr. Croft. He loves those little stories. The rest of you check in with the police in San Francisco. I'll see you as soon as I get back from Hollywood. All right, let's go. Yeah. Oh, uh, Carmel, if uh, you should happen to be in Hollywood in the Come next on, few Skip. days... There's a desperate sister waiting for us in Maggie's intimate drinking salon. Let's get moving. Thank you for listening to this extended series on the time machine. If you've enjoyed it, please remember to rate and subscribe. As always, you can contact me at host at dailytimemachine.com, and we'll see you on Monday.